0: This is episode number 312 of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. You are two episodes in of a 10-episode arc all about rethinking restaurants. I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to challenge you to rethink every aspect about what we do, how we do it, and why we do it that way because— Uh, because we're evolving, we're changing. And I think the only way to survive over the next five or 10 years is to rethink some of the core foundational uh, precepts we have, the things we believe about this industry. Rethinking Restaurants, this is number two. We're talking all about pricing on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, A podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week, I leverage my two decades of industry experience to help you build that more profitable and sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators from all over the world in my P3 Mastermind program. This is group coaching where I gather uh, owners, operators uh, from all over the world onto a two hour call every single week to help you pound through uh, the specific challenges you face in this industry. We are uh, laser focused on profitability, helping you build uh, a restaurant that can generate a consistent uh, predictable 20% return every single month. If this sounds like you. If you're really good at making hungry people happy, if uh, if you struggle to generate that consistent return every month, then uh, set up a call. The best way to set up a call with me or someone from my team is by visiting our website, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Grab some time on the calendar. That call is absolutely free. It's 30 minutes uh, where we get to learn more about you. You get to learn more about the program and ask questions all about the program. Again, Restaurant Strategy Podcast com schedule as always you'll find that link in the show notes now today's episode of restaurant strategies brought to you by seven shifts have you ever spent the past hour finalizing the schedule for next week only to have an employee come tell you that they need two days off or realized you made a mistake on payroll right as you press submit i've been there and there's nothing fun about spending hours on manual updates With seven shifts, you don't have to worry about that. You can make schedule updates in minutes with an easy drag and drop scheduler and skip the payroll mistakes in the first place with automated calculations. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. And right now, Restaurant Strategy podcast listeners get three months free. To get started, visit sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S H I F T S dot com slash restaurant strategy, right? Sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. See how simple it can be when your payroll scheduler and time clock all live under one roof. As always, you will find that link in the show notes. Now, Today, this is episode two of a 10-episode arc all about rethinking restaurants. I think we have to challenge ourselves to rethink restaurants because the model will continue to evolve. The restaurant, as we've known it, it, has only been around for a couple hundred years, but restaurants have been around for thousands of years. Last episode, we talked all about the business model. I think the business model is changing. I think we have to let it change because it doesn't work anymore. We have to make money doing what we're doing. Uh, What we do is way too important and way too hard to not make money doing it. And and to that end, this episode is all about what we charge, all about pricing. When we talk about pricing, I want to reintroduce you to something that I've talked about a little bit in this past year. Uh, I was flown down to New Zealand to give a keynote presentation um, at the Restaurant Association of New Zealand, uh, their annual conference uh, called Hospo Hui 2023. And I talked about the, the luxury mindset versus the commodity mindset. And in that talk, um, and i shared a little bit about this before on the podcast, but in that talk, I talked about the difference between a luxury mindset and a commodity mindset, a commodity mindset. Again, we're not talking about products, we're not talking about a luxury product. I'm, th- I'm urging you to adopt a luxury mindset and all this is going to go somewhere. We're going to talk about how we rethink pricing, right? When we talk about how we price our items, right? The commodity mindset says all things being equal. A consumer will make their decision based on one of three criteria, familiarity, convenience or price. And for the most part, as an independent operator, everyone listening to this podcast, you cannot compete on any of those three. You will lose familiarity, convenience or price. Right. You're never going to be the most well known. You're never going to be the most convenient option because you just can't be in that many places, certainly not if you have one, two, three locations, and you can never compete on price against the big big guys because it will be a race to the bottom. So from the beginning, right from the beginning of this conversation, let's agree on the fact that you do not have a commodity product, right? Now, commodity product is gasoline, is milk, is flour, right? Now, for the most part, unless you really know what uh, specifically what kind of flour you need, right? Unless your car really needs a specific kind of gasoline, I'm assuming that most of you guys make decisions about where you fill up your tank based on familiarity, convenience, or price, right? If you're on the highway and you're running out of gas, you're looking for the first exit. When you get off the exit, you're looking for the first place you come to. That's convenience, Right? If you're near your house and you got to, oh, before I run my errands, i got to get gas, you're going to go to the place that you know, the place that you always go to, which is either the convenient place or the familiar place, right? And then when push comes to shove, when you get to an intersection and you know you need to get gas and you see the price at one gas station and the price at the other gas station, most of us will make our determination based on price. Why go to the more expensive one when the other ones are right here? We'll just go to the one that's cheapest right? So when we buy gasoline, for most people, when they buy milk, they just go to the store nearby, convenience, and they buy either the milk they've known, familiarity, or the milk that's cheapest, or the one that's available, familiarity, convenience, or price, right? Same thing when you buy flour, same thing when you buy any sort of commodity good. So what would make you go out of your way, pay a little extra, inconvenience yourself? We do that for things that we can't get anywhere else but right there. That's the luxury mindset. Luxury mindset says we have to get our people to be willing to spend a little bit extra for our thing. And I can point to a million different examples of this. From consumer electronics to cars to shoes to clothes to restaurants. There is only one French Laundry. The French Laundry is in Yongeville, California. There is only one. Yes, the sister restaurant is in New York City, but there's only one French Laundry. So if you want French Laundry, you got to go out of your way. You got to go all the way there. And it's expensive, certainly more expensive than just about every restaurant in a 10 mile radius. So you got to go out of your way and you got to pay extra. But there's only one like it in the world. It's famous, it's three Michelin stars. It's Chef Thomas Keller. So we're willing to do that. Now, it's a bad example because that actually is a luxury experience. But this, uh, this you will see this across most other industries, every other industry. That what I'm saying is let's get out of this commodity mindset and create a product that people can't get anywhere else. So either it's a specific dish or it's an environment or it's a feeling they get when they interact with us so that they are willing to come to us, even if it's a little inconvenient even if they gotta spend a little more than they otherwise would. All of that is the foundation of the conversation we have to have about pricing. When we talk about pricing, everything is going to change in a huge way over the next five years. What happens is as things go more digital, and as the third-party delivery sites squeeze even more profit out of the restaurants, something's gotta give. I will tell you what is very much coming and I've gone through enough demos to see it work seamlessly, dynamic pricing. Dynamic pricing is going to come for the restaurant industry, whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not. When we talk about technology, and this is certainly a technology piece, although it's more of a strategy, it's an idea, it's got to be administered through technology, but dynamic pricing is something you got to wrap your head around because in a little while, what's going to happen is all the big boys, all the big chains are going to adopt it, And then consumers will come to expect it. They will come to expect cheaper prices on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday than they do on a Friday or Saturday. They will expect a lower price if they take the 5 or 5.30 reservation as opposed to the 7.30 or 8 o'clock reservation. To use another luxury product here, let's talk about Alinea. Alinea is out in Chicago. It's Chef Grant Ackett's, co-owned by Nick Kokonis. It's three Michelin stars. It is uh, certainly one of the most important restaurants here in the United States. They do dynamic pricing. You buy tickets to an experience at Alinea. You don't pay for dinner. You buy tickets through a site called Talk, which is also co-owned by Nick Kokonis. You buy tickets. Tickets on a Tuesday or a Wednesday are cheaper than on a Friday or Saturday. It's a simple demand curve, supply and demand. There is more demand for a Saturday night reservation, so they say, well, why shouldn't we make more money on a Saturday night? And they're absolutely right. Likewise, there's less demand on a Wednesday, so they go, well, maybe we have to make it a little bit cheaper, and that will increase demand. It's a win-win, because maybe there's a couple that really wants to go out to the restaurant, but can't really afford a Saturday reservation, but they could afford a Tuesday or Wednesday reservation. So maybe they say, hey, this is how we can afford it. We can go out to the restaurant on Wednesday instead of Saturday. Likewise, there are other people who can only go Saturday, and they are willing to pay whatever it takes to go on a Saturday. Well, great. It's supply and demand. That will happen in a broader way when you see the kind of tools that I've had the privilege of testing and demoing over the last eight months, nine months. These tools are coming. So why shouldn't a restaurant be cheaper midweek than on a weekend? Why shouldn't we charge more for certain items or certain dishes based on scarcity? As there are less, right? If we've got a, a porterhouse for two and we sell it for $75 and we have 10 of them, And then as they go down and down and down and there's only one or two or three left, maybe they should go to $85 or $95. Right now, there's no mechanism that allows us to do it, but why shouldn't we do it? Why not? We can charge based on scarcity, right? The reason Ferraris are so expensive is because they're scarce. There are other reasons as well, but they are scarce. The Hermes Birkenbag is sought after because it is scarce. You can't just go to the corner and buy one. I can buy milk anywhere, There's not that's not scarce. I can't just go anywhere and buy a Birkin bag. I can't just walk into a department store. I gotta have an appointment, I gotta know somebody at Hermes if I want a Birkin bag. The same thing is true for our food. And what happens is, this is a two-part conversation. I think the only way to survive moving forward is to do something better than anyone else does it. When you do it and you're the only one who has it, you get to charge whatever you want for it because there's no comparison. That becomes a really important point to make. So when we talk about, again, this whole 10 episode arc is talking all about how we rethink restaurants. I would beg you to rethink what you serve and how you serve it. 50 years ago, a restaurant could survive by just having a bunch of okay food a pub a diner but a diner is the very definition of a commodity product they're a dime a dozen they're a million around they don't do anything really exceptionally they do everything just okay and it's cheap and it's fast fine they understand what they're serving or the role they fill but they have no leverage over the price they charge and so they will always be operating from this subsistence place unless they just pound hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of covers through that place and they make their money on volume. But man, I would not recommend that as a, uh, as a business model. The only way we succeed is if we get 500 covers through here a day. No, no, that's, that's you're working way too hard. I'd rather you have a more limited menu and just do a couple of things really, really well. That is the way forward. We're watching it ever since the pandemic. We're watching it. Labor's been hard to get, so we have to operate with less people. means we can't prep and serve as much food as we did pre-pandemic. And then with the price of goods going up over the last year and a half, we've had to get really deliberate about what we serve. We said, well... It's going to cost that much, then I'm not going to serve it because I can't I can't make a profit on it. So menus have shrunk, which I think is a good thing because then you go to a restaurant and you say, man, this is the stuff they do really well. That's what you want to get to. And all of this is wrapped up in this pricing conversation. Again, the beginning of the pricing conversation is commodity versus luxury. How can you get out of the commodity mindset? How can you serve something that people can't get anywhere else. That is absolutely crucial because when you have something that people can't get anywhere else, you can charge whatever you want. Here's another example, Disney. Everyone at Disney complains about the price and yet they still sell out every single day. So you want to create a price for something where people complain about it, but not so much that they don't still buy it. That's true pretty much with everything. Now, in all of this, value's got to be baked into it, which is the next part of the conversation. Right? So, how do we define value? Value is this overused word. In order to define value, we first have to define some other words like transactions and price. So a transaction is a trade. When two thing uh, two parties exchange something, right? I'll give you this $32 if you give me that well-cooked piece of halibut. That's the trade. Except if we're going to talk about price and we're going to talk about value, we have to make sure that we account for everything in the trade. So in addition to the well-cooked piece of halibut, the restaurant's also delivering their expertise, the service, the prep, the cleanup, the experience of the chef, the aesthetics of the chef, to put together that particular dish. So it's more than just a well-cleaned, well-cooked piece of fish. It's a lot more. And on the consumer side, yeah, they pay us their money, but they can always go make more money. They actually pay us with the three most precious resources they have, which is time, attention, and trust. We have limited time on this planet. If I'm giving my attention to this restaurant, I can't give it to the restaurant across town. And trust. Man, people ask for something that is then prepared by someone they've never met in the kitchen and they can't see. Their food is prepared by somebody they don't know and cannot see. Let that sink in. That's really special. The trust that all of our customers give us is huge. So, yeah, they pay us money. Yeah, the restaurant gives food. But the restaurant also gives experience, expertise, service, prep. They shop it. They clean it. They prep it. They cook it. They clean it afterwards and they give us a beautiful dining room to enjoy the food. And on the other side, the consumers give, yes, their money, but also their time, attention, and trust. You have to factor all that in when we talk about price. So when I say, hey, the price for this halibut is $32, it's more than that. This halibut costs $32 and also the half hour in my dining room because that's how long it takes for me to serve you, to sit down, get you water, let you look at the menu, ask you what you want, prepare it, bring it to you, let you eat it. So you not only need the $32 to be able to afford the fish, but you also need the time. You also need to be able to afford the time it takes to enjoy a meal in that restaurant. We don't talk enough about that. Again, time, attention, and trust. So when we talk about transactions, things are being traded. The price is what's being exchanged, what what I'm asking for in exchange for what I'm willing to give. Now, value is the space between worth and price price is what I need to make. I know it costs me about 475 to make this halibut dish. I'm willing to sell this for $32 that it's worth that to me for the consumer. The consumer says it's $32. Well, that's fair because I don't know where to get really good halibut, so I'd have to go shop for it. I have to bring it home and clean it. i got to come up with a great recipe, shop for all those ingredients. I have to cook it myself, and I don't certainly have the expertise to do it probably as well as the restaurant does. And then at the end, after I've enjoyed it, i got to clean it all up. So the fact that somebody has already thought of the recipe, shopped for the ingredients, prepped it all, is going to cook it for me, bring it to me, and then clean it all up afterwards? Yeah, that's worth 32 bucks for me. Value is the space, the gap between worth and price. So now this whole episode was asking you, inviting you to rethink pricing. Let's rethink how much we charge. It's worth it to me maybe, now to go back to this dynamic pricing conversation, it's worth it to me as a diner to spend a little bit more on a Saturday night because I really need that Saturday night reservation. That's when I can get a babysitter. I'm at work. I'm at my desk until 6, 6.15 every single night. Man, it's going to be really hard to make a 6.30 reservation in the city, but I can make it into the city on a Saturday at 6.30. So it's worth it for me to spend a little bit extra. For some people, it might not. That's why we have to understand why what our experience is worth to any one of our diners, when we do that, that's when we make really, really happy diners. So what is happening in the future is we're gonna have to think really deliberately about how much we charge, because as we talked about last time, right, the business model is forcing us to is forcing us to get squeezed. We have to charge more for our product. This is why I wanted to follow up this conversation, or I wanted to follow up the other one with this conversation. The business model has to change, right? Restaurants have been around for thousands of years. The model we have has been around a couple hundred years. Danny Meyer said this industry was built on the promise of cheap rent and cheap labor. So what happens when neither of those things are true anymore? For the most part, neither of those things are true anymore. And now the cost of goods is going up and up and up. We have to be willing to pass the expenses along to the consumer because we need to guard a healthy profit margin. What happens, and I know why a lot of people are are hesitant to do that, is because they say, oh, well, people are never going to pay $18 for a cheeseburger or $23 for a cheeseburger. And that may be true right now in this moment, but your job as an effective leader in your restaurant is to figure out how to make that statement true. Man, I would absolutely, this burger is absolutely worth $23. Whatever you need to charge, you then need to make it worth it in the eyes of the consumer. Million different ways to do it, and I don't know how you do it, but that's what has to be done to get out of the commodity mindset. That's why diners have such a hard job because you can only charge so much because they're meant to be cheap and they're meant to have everything. So we don't do anything really well, we do everything just okay. And we charge very little for it in the hopes that we keep getting a steady stream of people through here. It's a really hard way to make a living, which is why you see the owners of diners running the diner all the time because they can't afford to step out. They can't afford to replace themselves with a manager the only way we're going to survive as an industry moving forward is if we think more seriously about our business model and address our pricing issue when you say oh i just can't charge that much they won't people will never pay x dollars for that dish you got a problem on your hand because you've created a dish that they can get other places they say well they're never willing to pay it here because they can just go there or there or there and get the same thing or a similar thing. You gotta create something that they can't get anywhere else. I don't know how to answer that for you, but it has to be answered. And I promise you, everybody listening to this podcast, you are smart enough and you are creative enough to find an answer to that. You have to make it so that people see the value of paying a little bit extra. Well, yeah, the burger over there is only 16, and this one's 19, but man, there's just nothing like the burger here. There's nothing like the hospitality, the service. I just love the vibe here. I Whatever it is, there is an answer to that question. That's the pricing issue. We have to understand that we have to get out of the commodity mindset, and we have to apply the luxury mindset. Luxury mindset simply says, How do you get people to go out of their way and pay a little bit extra for what you have? And as we rethink restaurants moving forward, the only way moving forward is through dynamic pricing. I promise you, it is coming. Our menus will all go digital, so we never have to approach the table and talk about an 86. We will not have to spend all this money to have menus reprinted. uh, We won't feel bad about changing prices because we can do it digitally between lunch and dinner, between a Thursday and a Friday. Or we can program it so the pricing is one thing on Monday and Tuesday, different on Wednesday and Thursday. It's something else on Friday and something else entirely on Saturday. We will get to that place. I've seen lots of software and development. It is coming. It is happening. I promise you. Again, it's happening at a very high level at places like Alinea. It is also happening at restaurants that you don't even realize yet. It's happening. It works for hotels. It works for airlines. It's the same thing. Same thing with us. We have limited inventory, expiring inventory. If a seat is not filled on a Wednesday, we can't we can't go back and and run the Wednesday shift again. So if we normally serve dinner for, you know, if we serve a burger for twenty two dollars, but on a Wednesday. Would it behoove us to sell it for $17 or $18 just to get people in? I think we're going to find the answer is a resounding yes. And I think there are people that wouldn't necessarily come at one price on a Wednesday, but could be convinced to come at another price on a Wednesday. Likewise, we get no problem filling our Saturday nights, so we might as well make a little bit more money for it. And what happens is when we play with dynamic pricing, we actually make up for some of the profitability that we lose on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll all come out in the wash. That's the conversation. I'm again I'm challenging you to rethink restaurants, to rethink your restaurant. Last time we talked all about the business model, about how the business model is now basically broken, I'm convinced. And now I'm challenging you to rethink pricing. In order to do that, we had to define transactions all in an effort to talk about value. Right? Price is indelibly connected to value. Value is the gap between worth and price, what it's worth to someone and the price we charge for it. Again, the example I used is that halibut, $32. Everybody who sits down in the dining room has already said, yes, it is worth it to me. Because again, someone came up with the recipe, shopped for the ingredients, prepped everything, cooked everything. They're going to bring it to you and they're going to clear it away and clean up after. Man, absolutely, that's worth $32. And what I think we're going to find is that people are probably willing to pay a lot more than that. And over the next couple of years, they're going to have to pay a lot more than that. As minimum wage continues to go up, as the cost of goods continue to go up, as rent goes up, we have to be willing to pass along these expenses or we're going to lose money. We're not going to be able to survive. That's the way this industry is going. So we're right in the middle of a 10-episode arc all about rethinking restaurants. Last time talking about business model, if you missed that, that was episode 311. This is episode 312 talking about how we rethink pricing in our restaurants this conversation will continue over the next eight episodes i appreciate you guys being here if you haven't done so already i would appreciate taking a few minutes leaving us a five-star rating and review on apple podcasts that more than anything else is what moves the needle in this my small business helps us grow the community which i would be forever thankful for appreciate you guys being here appreciate you taking the time out of your week to listen to these conversations thank you very much and i will see you next time